Hello and welcome to the FSF Podcast Live Edition. Hello and welcome, kids and cadets, to the FSF Podcast. This is our Live at Five weekly review of the new show from Marvel, Secret Invasion. So we'll be doing this every Wednesday. As long as Secret Invasion is going, we'll be coming to you talking about this week's episode. Uh, what was trans? What has transpired on that episode today? What's going on? What you can expect to think about, maybe. And uh, as always, we want to remind you right here, right now, that this is your opportunity to know that there are spoilers ahead. So if you haven't watched this week's episode of Secret Invasion, we are going to talk about all the things that you might could possibly see. So again. Spoiler alert, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. I don't know how else to say it without, you know, <laughs> letting people know for sure that we're definitely going to talk about some things. You, you can only say the word so many before it starts to lose meaning, you know, spoiler, spoiler alert, spoiler. So first and foremost, what was your, what was your thoughts on, on this week's episode? There was a lot of, um, wait, what, what, what just happened? Yeah. Um, because... As we're going to get into that, there are some events that happen. That's like, wait, so there, there are how many, and they're running what? Right. right. And wait, who's Fury's married? Does he know that she's a scroll? Yeah. What's going on here? You know? <sighs> yeah. There's there's so many things that happen in this week's episode that you know because you know in one of Marvel's taglines for this show is you know you can't trust anyone. Right. And it has me at that point. Two episodes in, I'm going. I can't trust anybody. Is this person a human? Is this person a scrawl? Because of their ability to shapeshift and morph and and, and all of that. Um, right. So yeah, so I'm very curious as, you know, about your thoughts on a few things as we go through today. Oh yeah, and talk about them because there's some really cool things that happened in today's episode. Uh, a couple of them, like you said, were like, "What happened?" I, I found my this. I didn't do this last week, but I found myself this week rewinding a couple times so I could watch certain parts of scenes over again. I know, right? Um, yeah. Uh, you mentioned the Nick Fury uh, married thing. Definitely rewound that scene. Like, did I just, did he just, wait, was she, a, wait, she was a scroll? Yeah. So there was that. Which gives me some theories about some other things that have nothing to do with the episode. But anyway, we're moving on. Yes. I'm excited to hear you. I always love to hear your theories, John. So, all right. All right. So let's get into this. So uh, first and foremost, I want to talk about Gravik. Uh, because he's the big bad of the show, essentially. Right. And, uh, you know, he's a scroll, but he shapeshifts into this fine-looking uh, man over here. But is he and... really the bad? Really? Well, he's I, I the big bad. can see where he's coming from. No, I, I'm not... Well, the thing is, a good villain, you should be able to see where he's coming from. You should yeah. be able to understand and have some level of empathy as to how they got there, why they got there. I mean... Uh, you you'd be able to identify with their plight, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. because you either want to be able to identify with their plight or just enjoy their crazy. That's why the Joker, you know, that's why the Joker yeah. is so good for DC is that you can just enjoy his crazy. Right. Okay. But there's other villains where you, you can identify with their plight. Even Thanos, you could identify with his plight, what, what he was thinking about. And, you know, Hey, if he gets fit, rid of 50% of the idiots, we're that much better. I mean, yeah. Okay. Thanos had a point. I don't care what you say. Anybody's um, on I-75 on the weekend, you know it. Exactly. Uh, you know, and then we have guys like like Gravik here, 
who is kind of an interesting character because he's not in in MCU in Marvel anywhere else before this. He's he's created for this show, right? And so they have the they have such a, an opportunity here to create a character with depth and with with you know all this you know around him. And then two episodes in, I think they're doing a really good job of kind of world building him up and giving him a backstory and and you know why he has has taken issue in umbrage with you know fury and and the things that are happening and and so you you do kind of feel his plight and you look at him and go yeah uh it's yeah. legit i can see why he's upset yeah you he know? just wants a place to live he wants a place for his people he wants a place to live he wants a place for his people he you know uh fury took him in at a at a time of high loss he had lost you know his his family his right. mother and father were killed and you know, he and as he said, they were uh, killed honorably, or I believe it was something along those lines. It was almost very Klingon esque, you bit, know. Yeah, yeah. and uh, you know, but then it was just he wants to find a place for his people, and you know, and Fury Fury grabs him and touches foreheads with him, and you know, as a as a scroll thing to just show connection and right. and trying to get this young man to be, to believe that he's going to help take care of him, and then boom. You know, here we uh, flash forward to where we're at now, where he's like, yeah, I'm going to kill this guy. He didn't give us the home he promised. We're just going right. to take it. Yeah. Which, okay, sounds wrong, but you can see where he's coming from. They've been waiting 30 years. Yeah. You know? Yeah, because yeah, the the time frame where, where for the Captain Marvel movie was mid-90s, mm-hmm. so set in modern day. So, yeah, at least, at least 30 years. Yeah. So... And you know they still haven't found a home for the scrolls. They haven't found a planet where they can go live safely. And and so yeah, it's kind of interesting now that we find out. Uh, and before I change the, the the image here, we've talked about this uh, off camera. But so now you know Talos t- tells Fury exactly how many are on the planet. Yeah, he thinks it was just a couple hundred. He finds out they're well over a million now. Right. Which which is is kind of scary. Yeah. And I mean, how much of that is that Talos didn't tell him? How much is it that it happened while Fury was blipped away? While he was blipped, while he was up on Saber, while, right. yeah. And yeah. why didn't he build a scroll detection device? I mean, it seems very not Fury to, to not have a way of finding these guys. <clears throat> Sorry about that. I thought I muted my mic. Enjoy that cough. Okay. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah, it some way somehow to be able to find and detect somebody who's not you know th- that's not human to, yeah. to who can shapeshift and morph how they look and mm-hmm. yeah uh and so the reason i bring up that number is because you know we see gravic in this episode going from being you just think he's just some you know despondent who's leading a, a small band of of uh unhappy folks in some hidden camp in russia and it's way more than that yeah, uh, you know, we see him in with the the head of NATO. We see him in with, uh, you know, all these <laughs> other big these big guys at this at this round table, and they're all like, "Yeah, we're going to make Gravik our general because he's he has the he has the fire to get this done." And I'm like, "Oh boy, yeah." Th- that scene kind of scared me a little bit. Yeah, because you know, I mean, looking forward, so we this is a six episode miniseries. We're two episodes in, and they just set the bar pretty high for what's going to come up and moving forward. 
So all of a sudden they're talking about, you know, we're seeing them infiltrated at the highest levels of government. Um, We're seeing them infiltrated at the highest levels of the media and all these different places. And, you know, because that's where Shooter McGavin comes in. He's a he's a big (laughs) media dude. Yeah. I don't care who what role he ever takes the rest of his life. I and I, no no uh no offense to him. He's a wonderful actor, but I kind of like calling him Shooter McGavin. I mean, I wouldn't call him that face to face. I'd be re- more respectful, but but when we're talking about characters on on a movie or a TV show, yeah, Shooter mm-hmm. McGavin's a, you know, big media uh big head. Oh yeah. And he's a scroll. And so helping to control and 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 point the narrative. Right. So then they they've the scrolls pretty much rule a decent chunk of the world or control the the thinking of a decent yeah. chunk of the world, you know, through media. And so what else are they doing that we don't see in that room? Right. Yeah. So and which is kind of interesting, which leads us to our next point, because that's what you know, what they're kind of doing. They're they're looking at some type of genetic modifications. We see uh, uh, Gia, mm-hmm. uh, Talos's daughter, kind of sneaking in and, and kind of watching over the you know, the edge of the computers and machines and, and some back room and somewhere in Russia. Right. And which is kind of interesting because with the genetic splicing and the things that they're doing is going to lead to Gravik being this. We see this in the trailer. Right. He's got the ability to extend his arm. Now, one of this is one of two things. He's either taking Mr. Fantastic or Groot's ability or combination of the two. Yeah. I'm guessing uh, it's Groot because we saw that on screen. I'm thinking it's going to be a combination of the both. Okay. And the reason I say that is because I still think we're looking for a way to introduce the Fantastic Four. We haven't really seen the Fantastic. We know that they're coming. But I think this is also another way that they could use to introduce the Fantastic Four. Um, right. Uh, Facebook user says, it's a metaphor for the Illuminati that are now controlling the world around us in all aspects of our lives. Which makes sense since they're green, and uh, I think Fury called it the uh, Talos uh, reptil- reptilian. Yeah, so you've got these lizard people running the world. That that does fit the uh, conspiracy theory pretty well. Now, all of, now all of a sudden, I'm thinking it's the movie V, uh, the old TV show from the '80s. Oh, man, I remember I that the show. lizard people. That was a great show. The, the remake wasn't that great, but you know, no, they tried. Movie. Yeah, they tried. But uh, yeah, I was totally hoping the remake was better. Another night, I was, I was hoping the remake would be better. But hey, it is what it is. But yeah, so the scrolls are—it's going to be interesting moving forward. I, I'm kind of curious to see what they're going to do with this whole genetic splicing thing. Is it going to go to a large number of the scrolls, or is it going to be a select few in Gravik's army? Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah, or Alien Nation, or maybe even they live. Yeah, you're yeah. not too far off with any of those. Absolutely. So yeah, so so some really cool things coming up uh, from what we're seeing already, and I'm very much looking forward to this. So, but this did make me have one major question now, because you know, in all the artwork and everything that they that they're showing off for this show, and uh, you know, the teaser trailers and everything, they're like, you can't trust anyone. Can't trust anyone. Mm-hmm. So we learned that um, way back in the time of. Um, um, boy, my brain just went cup puts. Oh, in Far From Home, that was sorry. Oh, right. Okay, yeah, and and so in Far From Home, the Spider-Man movie, we we come to understand because of the end credit scene 
that this wasn't Fury and this wasn't Maria Hill. This was Talos and his wife mm-hmm. um, impersonating Fury and Maria Hill. Okay. As a personal favor from Fury. So it's kind of, I'm kind of curious now as we go into this episode, is Maria Hill really dead? I think so. Because as in the interrogation scene, you know, you, you cut off the finger of the scroll. And we saw last week when you kill a scroll, they revert to their natural state pretty quickly. So when Hill hit the ground and was presumably dead at that point, she stayed human. Okay. But counterpoint? Counterpoint. If she did, wasn't dead, she, she would have... She would dead. It's only mostly dead. If she was only mostly dead, she would have not reverted. She would have stayed in her form. Hmm. Because, okay, so you look at the scroll being being um, uh, under interrogation and all the pain and suffering and everything he was going through, he still stayed in his human form. Even through pain and suffering, they have the ability to hold that form. Right. So if that's not Maria, even if, or if that was Maria Hill, did they take her off the board so to hide? To you know, because Fury plays the long game, he does. You know, and did he know that was a possibility? You know, I'm just curious with all right. the, the the way that you know he, Fury likes to move the chips and do things, and you know, based on his history in the comics and everything else that we've seen with Fury, he's not exactly always truthful. He plays the long game, and he's willing to tell a mistruth, shall we say? Uh, if it's mm-hmm. going to benefit him and his his object his object as he's moving forward, so if he's going to let her mother think that she's dead because that's going to help in the long run, I totally think that's something Fury would do. It is one of those details that you leave out, I guess. Like, bingo, yeah. his secrets have secrets, right? Exactly. Like, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, because so now Talos's wife is dead. Yeah. But Fury is still alive, we think. Presumably. Presumably. Because now I'm wondering, okay, so is this Fury that we're seeing here with the beard and without the eye patch and all that fun stuff? Is that really Fury? And which Fury that we're seeing is actually Fury? So you think they're changing it from scene to scene, whether it's really him or not? Well, I don't know if it's from scene to scene, but I, you know, but I do think that he could be in two places at once be based on, on some of the locations of where he's at in the, in the screen and what's going on. And, and since Gravik did impersonate him last episode, bingo. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious as to whether or not Fury is actually Fury in some of these scenes. Is he a scroll? I mean, because even in their own artwork and I'll bring this up now, mm-hmm. I mean, we see it right there. There's, you know, there, this is this artwork is provided by Disney. That's a yep. scrawl underneath Fury's skin. So, I mean, there there's some question there as to who is Fury and and who's a scrawl and right. It, it, it's making me question everything because I want to know which Fury is real. Okay, so was Rhodey really Rhodey? I think so. Yeah, I don't think that I don't think Rhodey was a scrawl, <laughs> but. I keep I, I went back through this episode today. I'm like and kind of kind of found myself going, 
Okay. Um, was Fury really Fury at this point? Was he Fury at this point? Was he Fury at that point? Now, now at the end where we meet his his wife at Hello Bombshell. Yeah. Know Fury was married. I didn't know Nick um, was married. Yeah. That's the second Nick I didn't know was married. Uh, our Nick, by the way, if you're if you're playing the home version of this game. Sorry, I didn't know if I was supposed to leak that or not. Eh, it's out there, whatever. It's on his Facebook page. Oh, um, I don't feel bad then. Yeah. Um, yeah. Our Nick got married, so yeah, it is what it is. Uh, but that's our that's our second that's our second Nick this month that we found out got married. So yeah, and we go back to his his secrets have secrets. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, if you were married <laughs> to a troll, you wouldn't tell your friends the Avengers. I guess that makes sense. Right. So okay, but yeah, did Fury actually marry a Skrull, or is this a Skrull impersonating his wife? Is his wife alive? There's so many questions from this episode, and they're all. Did they they want somebody to marry him so that they would always have a spy in his, in his bedroom? Right. That's. I mean, there's so much going on here. I mean, there's so much where I. Most of my questions from this episode is like, okay, are you a scroll? Are you a scroll? Uh-huh. What about you? Are you a scroll? Yeah. You know, now I want to know, you know, well, obviously the lady that, that cut off the scroll's finger, we know that she is a scroll because she was in the committee. She was at the round table. Mm-hmm. She's a scroll, right? Raya or Rana or whatever her name is. Right. I don't remember. I'd have to go back and look it up, but yeah. Um, And we, you know, so yeah. But we also know that, that we're not losing Fury in theory because coming up he's going to be in the marvel movies we see him in the trailer for the marvels or is, is that, that the scroll is it exactly <laughs> i mean like this is the perfect lead-in for the marvel movies and you stop trusting everybody right throw a million yeah. in you know I, there's just so much that's, that could possibly happen here with you know leading up to this movie here you know for the for the marvels um this is going to be so yeah, we have opportunity for Fantastic Four lead-ins. We've got opportunity for X-Men lead-ins. We've got opportunity for, um, you know, from that picture of Gravik earlier, Guardians of the Galaxy tie-ins. This could affect almost every single corner of the MCU. Right. Which, I mean, a- any good story changes the world around it. So, yeah. Facebook user says, depends on what memories he has to know if he's legit or scroll. Because could you brainwash a scroll into thinking he was Fury? Uh, isn't there something about how they only yeah. have recent memories? Yeah, yeah, the more recent memories. If you remember from episode one, they had like that think tank thing, and they put him in, and they, you know, do the my mind to your mind. Um, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't quite the the Vulcan, you know, my mind to your mind thing, but yeah. So there was one theory that I saw on Reddit in between episodes. And that is that uh, Gia isn't actually a scroll; that she's Mystique. Uh, yeah, you were you were talking about this. Yeah, which uh, I don't know. Hi, Jim Vanis. So I, I don't know how well that holds up, but it'd be interesting to have a shapeshifter infiltrate the shapeshifters. That would be really very cool, and. I think it would lead to some, that'd be a great way to honestly, to introduce the X-Men. Right. Um, Because if now it makes me wonder, okay, so if that, if that in that theory that you read, yeah, 
on Reddit. Did they say Reddit. anything to uh did they say anything as to regards what happened to Gia? No. Because no. now I'm curious, is is Gia alive? I mean, maybe, maybe not. But then if the Gia we see on screen is actually Mystique, her daughter would be Rogue, who steals Captain Marvel's powers later. Which would be a great lead into the Marvel's movie. Which would be kind of cool. But That would be. Um, oh, I was thinking, uh, Jim says, no, I was thinking about in the shed and the Captain Marvel, about how she knew she was a scroll by her lack of memories. Oh yeah. True. But they also, she also was doing an on the fly tie in, uh, or, or impersonation rather. Mm-hmm. And in the episode one of secret invasion, they had the machine there to help give the personality and, and all yeah. those things. Some more in-depth uh, memories, it seemed like. Yeah, so maybe they can tie into the more in-depth things. The, um, I think if they're doing it on the fly, they can only have the, the immediate, the recent mm-hmm. stuff. So, yeah. yeah. And speaking of in-depth, if yes. that was not really Nick Fury's wife, if that was a scroll impersonating her and he didn't know the whole time, or she just replaced him or whatever, she did a great job of getting on his case about not having his ring on. Right. Yeah, aren't you forgetting something? Yeah, get home from work. Uh, yeah, so I forgot something this morning. Or <laughs> <laughs> you get that text message that's just the picture. It's like, oh, I better buy flowers on the way home. <laughs> it's never happened. What are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. So yeah, um, we we've got some really cool stuff coming up. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I'm curious. I, I want to know. Like I said, I, I now I. On the one hand, I'm really excited that we have these episodes only one episode a week. So it gives me the whole week to nerd out yeah. and kind of figure out and do some deep dives in between. And and, and I find myself looking up articles because, you know, and now I'm. But on the other hand, I'm also like, I got to wait a whole week to figure out what happened in this episode. And, you know, isn't it fun? It is, uh, you know. So far, to me, this is out of all the the Marvel miniseries shows. Mm-hmm. This has yep. been the best. We're only two episodes in, and I hate to anoint it as "Yo, this is the best" and, and be that guy. But so far, I have really enjoyed this one the most. Um, yeah, th- this one seems to be doing the the most to the the rest of the world and to yeah. the characters at the same time. It's setting. There's so much possibility of of world building and setup here for other things moving forward. And again, like I said earlier, there's opportunities for Fantastic Four. There's opportunities for X-Men. There's opportunities clearly for the tie-in to the Miss Marvel's movie. So, right. yeah. Yeah, I- I'm really excited to find out what happens in the next four episodes. Um, kind of sad there's only four, but then, you know, the story can just be done and we can move on to the next thing. Any predictions for moving forward? Oh, um... You know, I'm not sure exactly what Gravik has in mind for the human race, but I imagine it's not good. Yeah, I don't think there's going to be many humans left. Eh. Uh, They're called slaves if they they keep them. Yeah. Indentured servitude? Yes. Forced indentured servitude? Yes. Yeah. Right. So, I think moving forward, I don't think Maria's really dead. I think that uh, this was a card played by 
by Fury. Mm-hmm. And I think I think the one that we saw in the, the first episode was the real Fury. Moving forward in the second episode, I have questions of which Fury showed up. The one that was talking to Rhodey, pretty sure that was the right Rhodey. You know, the right yeah. Fury, rather. <laughs> the one in the train car with Talos, pretty sure that was him. Anywhere else, I don't know. Right. You know? Except yeah. for the one at the end with the wife, where the wife was like, yeah, where's your ring? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he knew exactly where to go for the ring. Yeah. Okay. Pretty pretty sure that was Fury. Pretty sure. But I have questions about, you know, which Fury's up on Saber now, which Fury was, you know, which, yeah. you know, which, you know, there's just so much. My, it, my, my brain is basically like in a big KitchenAid blender, just... Because if it was a scroll who got his Fury's memories implanted in him through the machine, he wouldn't necessarily know he wasn't Fury. So scroll Fury could be on Earth while real Fury's still on Saber, or the other way around. Yeah, see that's contagious. You're welcome. Yeah, (laughs) can't trust anybody. So Marvel's doing a really good job with that. They're they're doing a really good job of setting up the paranoia. There, the the ability to look at this and go, yeah, this isn't, this isn't working right. That isn't working right. Something is a little fishy over here. Um, you know, so moving forward, I, I think that's going to pay off really well for us in the future because it's going to lead to a high. I mean, this is, this is already, you know, a spy thriller type of show anyway, oh, yeah. but this is going to be lead to some really intense, you know, high stakes scenes. And I'm really looking forward to that in the last couple episodes before this all comes to a close. And right. I'm I'm going to I'm going to go out on a limb and say that I don't think that we're going to have resolution at all to this series. I think it's going to set it up and we're not going to see resolution until the Miss Marvel's movie. You think it'll end on a cliffhanger? Oh yeah, for sure. That'd be great. Because yeah. that would also be very keeping with the spy thriller like wait, what happens next and it just cuts to black. Exactly. Yeah, we're going to you will it'll cut to black. We'll have some type of post-credit scene in the final episode that launches us forward into the Marvel's movie. I could see so, that. Yeah, I don't think I don't think we're going to have resolution. I don't think we're going to get even if even if they kill Gravik, it's not going to quell the situation and and take care of the issue. I think there's going to there the issue is so much bigger than just Gravik. Yeah, because he's got so many underneath him that believe in his cause because his cause he's promoted it as just and worthy and right. And we have no idea how far ahead of fury he is in everything. Exactly. And I think that's what also makes it fun. He he didn't know how many scrolls there were even, whereas Gravik's been cultivating his base for right. Which is why fury was so pissed because, you know, he was like, Oh yeah, he didn't know how many scrolls there were. So yeah. Right. So it's very cool. I'm, I'm very excited about this moving forward. So, yeah. yeah. So next week is episode three. We have, you know, we'll come back for and talk about that more. If you like the content of what you're hearing today, please don't forget to do as the show notes say down there. Uh, go check us out on our Patreon page. We have some really cool stuff coming up. Um, we have an interview being released this Friday with Ernie Altbecker. Uh, Ernie is a uh, Emmy nominated writer for DC animation. So pretty much any DC animated movie you've watched over the last God, I don't know how many, 10 years or so, or even longer. Ernie has pretty much written most of them. And he is an amazing writer. And yeah. Uh, but on our Patreon page, now that interview doesn't get released to the public till Friday, but you could have access to it for as little as $3 today on our Patreon page. And that's down in the show notes that 
we'll uh, link there for you to be able to go and check that out. Plus, uh, for $10 a month, you can get access to all the behind the scene content and all the bloopers that I didn't create today. <laughs> so there's a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot of Tim going, hi, I'm Tim. So anyway, but yeah, go check that out. And you guys won't be disappointed by that. And if you're watching on YouTube, if you haven't already, please click like and, sub and subscribe. You're doing so helps us to continue to grow, get amazing guests each and every week for you guys to be able to hear funny stuff from and give you reasons another yet another reason to go visit our patreon page and log in there all right guys thank you so much john thanks for your opinions and yeah i don't hear that often well <laughs> you know i know your wife and i wanted to make sure that you know you heard it at least once well, well thank I'll you i appreciate it tim i am so in trouble for that later all oh, right yeah. <laughs> that's gonna do it for us guys goodbye bye on behalf of the rest of the hosts of the FSF podcast, we want to thank you for listening to this episode. If you'd like to be a guest on a future episode, please contact us by means of Twitter or Instagram using the handle at FSF Podcast, or go to www.fsfpodcast.com and click on the contact link. Thanks again and hope you enjoyed the episode.